I can hardly believe it. We are here in 2017. It seems like just a few weeks ago we began with our Light of Life Challenge for 2017 where we challenged you all to donate $20 in 17 hours toward these different ministries that we've been supporting this year. And these four different ministries have seen money given, certainly time given, sacrifices made, people jumping in. And uh, through along the way, we've had sort of these different challenges where we've challenged the congregation to do something above and beyond. And it's been very encouraging to see. And here we are at the last one for 2017. And though it's last, it's certainly not least. Those of you who are aware of what Carpenter Place does, it's one of the best works I know. And I'm so glad that we're associated with them uh, and that we're able to support them and help them. And this last one, as we said the last couple of weeks, we are challenging you all to help us as a congregation to sponsor an additional girl for an entire year. That's a big task. I mean, that's a big undertaking. Knowing the season of, of year that we're in does not make it any easier because we're all thinking now about people to buy for and things that have to be purchased and so on and so forth. And so we have these envelopes at each exit, and you've probably seen them. Um, these envelopes are on a board, and we've asked you as families to prayerfully, not, not just on a whim, but just Think about and come to an agreement together as a family what you'd like to do for Carpenter Place. And we hope that you will select an amount, and maybe it's something that stretches you just a little bit. Now, I realize making this pitch at the beginning of the sermon when you have a lot of guests in the pews, I can already sense the tension, you know? I mean, there are people that just, oh, here we go, come to church, and all I do is talk about money. You need to know. Uh, just by way of explanation, that these Light of Life projects are, are not for in-house stuff. This is going out to good works in the community in the name of Christ that are happening. And, and those good works, by the way, don't happen without the tools that we call money. Uh, those things that will feed someone who's hungry, give a meal to someone in need, give clothing to someone who has none, or a bottle of water to someone who hasn't had a uh, a refreshing drink in a while. But, Father, but fully, completely, totally, in the way you have responded, uh, it's been such an encouraging thing. But today, I, I do want to say, is the last day for uh, the, the Carpenter Place project. And what we'll ask you to do is, once you've determined an amount, to pick envelopes adding up to that amount. So if you're uh, selected, say, $200 and you select a 100 envelope and a 40 envelope and a 60 envelope, that would get you to 200. And you'll put a check in that or cash and make those checks to Carpenter Place, seal the envelopes, and then you're going to give them to Ben Zikafus or David and Sarah Holt. And David and Sarah Holt are sitting right over here. I'll ask them to stand just so you all know who they are and where to direct those to. But if you don't, for some reason, if you can't find them, you can give them to me and I'll be sure to, it gets to them. Uh, or you can just drop it in the mail. Either way is fine. Thank you, guys. Um, that's just such a, that's just the hem of the garment and the type of projects and things that they've organized this year.
or people to support, mentor, encourage, and walk with girls who have had quite a story. And we just get to be part of God's grace in part of that story. So today's the last day. won't say any more about it. And after today, you won't see those envelopes up anymore. So please take them today if you can. And uh, we'll just see what God does using your hands. As we finish today as well, our thankful series, which is a series on the overflowing gratitude and how that should really flow through us, not just at this season of year, but in this season of people. Followers of Christ should be the most gracious and grateful and thankful people that we encounter in this world. Except it's easy to forget, isn't it? It's easy to forget the the little things. I'm not sure who it is at your house, but at our house, it's my wife, Christy. She is Luke chapter 15 woman. She is the finder of that which is lost, the seeker and saver of things that have since been given up on. In fact, the joke is in our house, if mom can't find it, it's gone. Just consider it lost. I think back over over time and the things that I have lost, whether it's keys or a wallet or or, uh, even pieces of clothing, uh, Chick-fil-A gift cards. Oh, it breaks my heart. But she'll find them. She'll find them in a pocket or or in a suit jacket or, or somewhere. She's good at that. But it's worse. It gets a lot worse when it comes to this subject of forgetting. It's not just the little things, it's, it's sort of the big things in your life. I have on my phone a very sp- couple of voice recordings that are quite special to me. My grandmother Levering, before she passed away, she was getting near the end of her life, and I would go and visit her often. And we would just sit and visit about memories and about her and Grandpa in their younger days and uh, just all sorts of things. And I, th- I thought to myself, you know... I need to get this down. I need to record this. I I need to get this because once grandma is gone, there will be no one left to remember it. I'm really glad I did that. Because you would think that you'd remember things like that that are significant to your genealogy, your family history, but you forget. You'd think you'd be able to remember the sound of your grandmother's voice. But I hit play and I realize just how much I'd forgotten. I have a playlist also on my phone for my other grandmother before she passed away. When she did pass away, the grandchildren were to go through the house and pick something that reminded them of grandma. And I picked a stack of CDs, which you might find might find a little odd. But that was grandmother's music. Music from the 20s and 30s that was filling the room whenever you entered her house. I took those CDs and I burned them and I put them on a playlist on my phone and I have this simple memory called Grandma's Music. You'd think I wouldn't forget, but how easily we do. Facebook memories is a blessing and a curse, particularly if you're a young parent. And you watch your children growing up, 
and the pictures that you took and the videos that you took. And you would think that of all things, I would not forget how my children sounded when they were little. But you do. Because you're so used to how you hear them talk now that you forget what it was like back then. The old song goes, remember, I'm human, and humans forget, so remind me, remind me, dear Lord. It is true that memories are some of the most special blessings that God has given us, but it's also true that we are cursed sometimes with the inability to utilize them. To, to recall exactly what it was. I was reading about this one time and uh, scientists doing brain scans made the discovery that when you remember something, you really don't remember the exact way that it happened. What you remember is your last recollection of the event. And so if you've ever made a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, you kind of understand what's going on when you try to remember anything, especially the farther back you go. Which is why the fisherman in your family always caught a way bigger fish in his mind than he really caught. Why the hunter in your family had a few more points on that buck than may have actually been there. Remember, remind me. Remind me, dear Lord. And so we, as people, as people of Adam's race, need reminders. Ways to go back and and be pulled back to a, a moment, a time, an event, an instance when something great and marvelous happened. We need special days like Memorial Day. When you recall those who have fought and died For your freedom. And you would think, you would think that would be an easily, easy memory to event to remember and to put in your mind. But all too often it just becomes a nice weekend with an extra day off. We'll celebrate July 4th and and be reminded of our forefathers who pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors to that declaration against the tyrant King George. And even after 200 years, you would think, man, that's, that's an amazing pledge that they made. And yet, it becomes just a time for fireworks and grills and barbecues. And none of that stuff is wrong. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just pointing out it's easy to forget as you go along. We need monuments to remember great people of the past who did great things. We, we, you go through a cemetery and you walk and take a look at the oldest headstone that you can find. Someone maybe from the 1800s or earlier. And see, just see if anyone remembers who that person is. No one knows. It's just a name on a stone. God understood this very well. Whether it's part of our broken nature, living in a broken world, to have the inability to fully recall the memories at the exact time that God gave us those memories at the time when we need them. Or whether it's just the way we're created. 
God knew that we're forgetful. That even in a season like this, as we focus on our gratitudes and our what we're thankful for and the people in our lives, it's easy, so easy to forget. In the Old Testament, God set up festivals and, and special days of celebration. Sometimes they were weekly like the Sabbath. Sometimes they were annually like the Passover. But they were times of remembrance. There were even places of remembrance, these piles of stones, these markers, these memorials. When as a father and son would walk along and, and son would say, Daddy, what are those rocks there for? And then the father would have an opportunity to teach, to remind, to remember the next the story and to remind the next generation of what had happened. Even today, even today as Christians, we have these memorial times. And Jesus said, I will not partake of this feast again until I partake it with you in the kingdom. Do this in remembrance of me. And I'm I love that it's a part of our heritage and part of who we are as churches of Christ that we partake of this every week. That we remember, that we're reminded because it's so easy to forget. And I can tell you, after having partaken of probably 1,267 Lord's Suppers or so, that it's possible. It's just Remotely possible that for a few of those, I've just partaken of a cracker, taken a sip of juice, and moved on. Even in the partaking of it, every week it's possible to forget the meaning. And so even though God establishes these times, these things, these places, these points in history, these moments... Of memory, it's still easy for us to forget. And so as we finish our series on gratitude today, I want to finish by reminding you that remembering is important, especially on our walk with the Lord. If you're, if you're a Bible follower, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 is, verse 11 is where we're going to start. And if you don't have a Bible or don't know where Deuteronomy is particularly, grab a few Bible, turn to page 180, and follow along, or scroll along, or however you get there, as we look together at this text. Now, the, the translation that's going to be on the screen is going to be from the ESV, and I'm going to be reading to you from the NIV, so there's going to be a little bit of confusion there, but uh, you'll get the gist of it, I think. Starting in verse 11. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Failing to do, to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, 
that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my strength and my power have produced this well for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. There are two big lessons that I want for you to get today. Number one, remember to remember the Lord. How on earth is it possible to forget the Lord? As a child who did not grow up going to church, the B-I-B-L-E was not the book for me. Okay? I did not get those lessons in Sunday school. It's easy to forget generationally by parents doing a very simple thing, not retelling the story. By not having those home devotionals, by not taking your kids to Sunday school, by not bringing them to worship, by not bringing them along in faith, your children will grow up in ignorance, not knowing what God had done for them. Think of what God had done for Israel. Think about how he had led them out. Uh, delivered them from Pharaoh through those ten plagues, each of them unique, each of them attacking a foreign Egyptian god, each of them making Pharaoh realize who was really God. Think of how he delivered them in the last plague, in the plague of the firstborn, and, and the Passover feast which they partook, and as they heard the cries in Egypt, and they listened to death moving throughout and they saw the deliverance of God through the blood of the doorpost, the, the side and the top of the doorposts. And as the Pharaoh said, enough, send them out. And as they left, and they left Egypt, and they all of a sudden were caught between the Red Sea and the Pharaoh's army. And they watched as God shot the waters into the air. And the dry ground appeared across the sea, and they walked. I guarantee you, there was no one, when they walked through the Red Sea, as they walked with a wall of water, and they're looking at fish and things coming through on each side, and they're saying, there's no one at this point in God's story saying, hey, Habib, do you think there is a God? Absolutely not. How was it then that their children and that their children's children would forget what God had done on that night? Because they weren't told. Because they weren't reminded. May we also be not a people who've seen God do amazing things and yet forget to tell the story. They forgot, you see. They became entitled, you see. God provided and they just expected it. And then they got sort of proud. The verse that was read... Greg, but Psalm 77, verse 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the wonders of old. I will ponder at all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. 
So let me ask you. Easy to pick on the Israelites because they're not here. But let me ask you. How has God worked in your life? Do you remember when you came to him in fear and trembling? Do you remember when you said, I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God? When you said, I don't want any more of myself. I only want all of him. When someone led you into a watery grave to put on Christ... To be forgiven, to come up as you came up just dripping and soaked and fresh and pure as the wind-driven snow in God's eyes. Forgiven, given his spirit. I don't know how long ago that happened for you. My question is, how often have you told that story? How often have you reminded yourself of what God did in your life? And I bet if you're honest, because I have to say I do it too. Sometimes I forget exactly how much God has done, not in the world around us, but within us. How do you do that? Pretty easy. There's six ways. And... Um, I know this is hard on a, on a topic of gratitude. Right now the audience is going, another six points. But may we not forget that it's easy to forget if we're not paying attention. The first way to do it is to keep your Bible closed. And I don't necessarily mean here at worship. I mean, that's you're going to hear it. You're going to see it. But I mean like, After church today, throw this in the car, put it on that shelf at home, and don't open it up for another 168 hours. It's easy to forget God when you don't listen to Him. I know I've heard people say, I I wish I could hear God's voice. I mean, if I just heard God's voice telling me what to do, or I mean, that would just be so inspiring. It would just be so encouraging to my faith. You know, there were people in this book who heard God speak and still scoffed and still mocked and still were stiff-necked and hard-hearted. Do you want to hear God's voice? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of it for you because that would make for a really long point number one. I just want you to get... Don't say that God is silent while you are leaving your Bible closed. You want to hear from God, open up his book, written by his spirit, penned by people that he picked to tell you things that he knew you would need to know. So open it and read it. That's not a legalistic thing. That's saying if you want to hear from God, open your ears and open the book. Secondly, If you want to forget God, you've got to keep your heart hard. Um, As a parent, probably one of the the things that we're at the stage now is called the stage of repetition. Where I keep repeating the same things again and again. And I keep wondering if they're really getting through. But here's how I know they're getting through. When I get this eye roll... And a little bit of knock back of the head. And this. I know, Dad. I know. But can I just 
can I just give you a short little lecture just from me to your parents? Okay? When you do, I know, Dad, I know. It's not the knowing that concerns us. We do not care if you know it or not. What we need is for you to do it. Now, listen, I I can pick on you. That's an easy one. But there's a whole auditorium full of adults, and they know it too. They know their preacher's going to preach it. They know the fill in the handout. But what I've got to get them to do is convince them to do it. And that's a much harder battle. You see, knowing it, that's a battle of the head. Doing it, that's a matter of the heart. You cut to the heart, that's so much harder to do. And when you keep your heart hard, it's easy, easy, so easy to forget God. Listen, let me put it to you straight. Reading the Bible without obeying the Bible is basically the same as not reading the Bible at all. When... when God spoke through Moses and through the prophets and called them stiff-necked and hard-hearted. He was saying, I know you know it. Do it. Practice it. Live it. Number three, fill your heart with empty things. Numbers chapter 11. Great story. Don't have time to give you the context. The rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel who had wept again said, oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the onions, the melons, the leeks, and the garlic, which, by the way, sounds like the worst salad ever. But they're complaining about this. And and did you catch this? They said, we remember in Egypt the fish that cost us nothing. What? Cost you nothing? Do you remember building bricks with no straw? Do you remember beatings? Do you remember being harassed? Do you remember being enslaved? Yes, you got a little fish for all that. But it cost you way more than God intended you to pay. But see, their heart was set on fish. Their heart was not set on the Lord. And God wants to give you better things than fish salad. Here's the point. When you fill your heart with empty things... Don't be surprised when your heart is still empty. Number four. And this is a good one that is really is a good lesson, but doesn't apply much at all in our world today. Um, it's easy to forget God when you stay busy and distracted. Jesus said of the Pharisees of his day, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts... Are on lunch. Their hearts are thinking about the people who are still at their house. And so help me, am I going to make it another couple of days? Their hearts are on all those Cyber Monday deals that are coming out tomorrow. You see, their hearts are far from Him. God doesn't need your lips. Admittedly, it would be a little weird if we all came in Sunday morning worship to hum. But he doesn't need your lips. He needs this. May we not 
be so busy and so distracted that we forget him and we forget what he means to us. Number five, the easy way to forget is to think it's by any means about you. You'll have to forgive me because if I can confess to you, it's easy to think that in my position. Because every week I stand up here and the expectation is you listen to me. And it's easy in a role like that to become filled with pride. I I think Satan works through some of his best preachers because they're filled with pride. We have to fight that battle all the time. I'm not the center of this wheel. I am but a cog in God's beautiful machinery of his kingdom. I walk away from church on Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, so many times thinking, man, what about this person? Oh, somebody's there. What about this? Oh, somebody's already handled that. I mean, you you don't know how grateful you should be that the church does not revolve around the preacher. Because it would be terrible. But Jesus uses every part of the body just as he intended it to. No parts better than the others. All have different jobs and roles and callings. And there are people that you can reach that Toby will not reach. But we all have a different role. And so we may we not think more highly of ourselves than we really are. They give glory to God through all that we do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul's writing to a church with problems, divisions, difficulties, strife, sin, all sorts of trouble. And Paul's writing to them, and he's addressing an issue within the congregation, within the church there at Corinth. The problem is, there's, there's one side of the room that they follow Apollos. Man, that guy can speak. I really like him. He engages. Boy, he tells funny stories. He is amazing. Just so, And they, they are Apollites, which is quite appalling. And there's another side of the congregation. Boy, they like Paul. He is solid. He is grounded. He can write like you've never seen anyone write. The theology of that apostle, whoo. I am a Pauline. Now, this does not happen in churches today. But lest we lose sight, may we not forget that we are called to follow Christ, not Apollos, not Paul, or any other human name. There's only one name given to man as the mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 3. What then is Apollos? What then is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. For by the grace given me, this is Romans 12 now. I say to everyone among you to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think of himself with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And number six, worship the wrong things. We could pick on Baals. We could pick on idols. Listen, Baal is not the the crux of our problems. 
We have a lot more things that we worship in our culture than just wooden statues. It's worse. It's the statues erected within our hearts. Whether it's social media or people or the party of elephants or the party of donkeys or or silver and gold or entertainment or whatever it is, there are so many opportunities to erect idols within the heart. And God says if you worship other gods, if you go after other gods and serve them, you're going to pay most severely. Which leads us to our second and final point. We've got to remember to forget. How do we forget God? How does any generation forget God? The answer to that is simple. When we become full of ourselves. And so we have to learn to remember to forget ourselves. We have to be diligent to remember God and what he has done through his son, Christ Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. All praise and honor and glory is due to him. And when he said, follow me, take up your cross and deny yourself and follow me. He wasn't talking about, you know, everybody has their burden. He wasn't talking about having problems. He wasn't saying that you're going to have troubles. Oh, all that's true. He was saying, when you take up your cross, you learn to crucify yourself. You learn to live not for your own, but for the glory of the Lord. May we not forget as we pause in thankfulness to remember the Lord. And to remember it starts by forgetting ourselves. This morning, if you have been full of yourself lately, in pride, in arrogance, in just plain forgetfulness, I want to call you to come and remember the one who has saved your soul who has redeemed you through the blood of the Lamb. And if you're ready, if you haven't begun your journey with Jesus and you're ready to do that today, we can help you through the process of faith, repentance, and baptism, whatever your need might be, as together we stand and sing. Please come.